0: Welcome to MTSU On The Record. I'm Jenna Logue. Among the many unique ways the MTSU community has found to deal with the COVID-19 pandemic is a new pandemic support group from MTSU Counseling Services. The group started meeting on October 7th and continues to meet each Wednesday from 2 to 3 p.m. via video conference. Participants can register up to 15 minutes prior to each session. Our guest is Jessica Gann, a licensed professional counselor with a mental health counselor designation who works for counseling services. Coping with COVID after this.
1: Here are some of the headlines making news at mtsunews.com, the university's news and information website. The MTSU Center for Economic Education, housed in the Jones College of Business, has been selected to receive the 2019-2020 Albert Bekus Award from the New York-based Council for Economic Education. The award, which carries a $1,000 honorarium, is named after Dr. Albert Beekus, a lifelong proponent of economic literacy. The Center for Economic Education's mission is to equip K-12 students with the tools and knowledge of personal finance and economics to learn how to make better decisions for themselves, their families, and their communities. And internet entrepreneur Craig Newmark's philanthropic foundation, Craig Newmark Philanthropies, has given the Free Speech Center at MTSU a $25,000 gift to expand its programs and services. The Nonpartisan Public Policy Center, based in MTSU's College of Media and Entertainment, works to educate the public about the five freedoms they're guaranteed by the First Amendment, speech, press, religion, assembly, and petitioning the government. For MTSU news at any time, go to mtsunews.com.
0: Jessica, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank
2: you for having me.
0: Since this is a group endeavor, uh, please tell us what safety precautions you're taking with the pandemic support group as a result of COVID-19. I mentioned in the introduction that you're meeting via video conference. Is there anything else you have to take into consideration or does that pretty well uh, take care of the protections?
2: That pretty much takes care of it. Yeah. That's, that's to eliminate too many people in the same room. And so, um, and luckily that way no one has to wear a mask as long as they're in a safe environment during the, the uh, meeting, so that helps as well. Uh,
0: What prompted you to think that this would be a good way to enable students to cope with the pandemic as opposed to say one-on-one Zoom sessions?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Of course, we are offering one-on-one through counseling services, but the reason this group came about is I've been offering weekly meditations on Mondays at three um, via Zoom as well through counseling services, and I'm also doing a mindfulness workshop on Thursday at three, and through these endeavors, I really noticed that students, you know, we would talk after the meditation or after the workshop, Um, About the stresses that are going on right now with the pandemic and everything in our society. And so um, it really started to become apparent then but also through just monitoring social media pages, um, the MTSU class pages, just noticing a lot of stress and overwhelm from students and so I know that one of the great ways to address that is to come together and connect about it um, because it's already happening on social media um, and through these groups. And so this is just offering a safe space for students to be able to come and do that.
0: I think even in the best of conditions pre-COVID, college students have difficulty negotiating with their professors for uh, more lenient circumstances and conditions um, and some professors uh, like Dr. Ryan Corstange in university studies have advocated for letting up on the strep as it were with regard to deadlines and showing a little leniency here and there because we're the, the entire society is under stress. Uh, but uh, do you have uh, any generalized strategies for students in trying to say to their professors, I- I'm having trouble on my job, um, I'm taking all these classes, my grandmother has COVID, you know, whatever circumstances are going on in their life?
2: Yeah, I think just like what you just said, you know, communication is key and being able to come to their professors and communicate those things are really important. Um, And that's the only way to get a need met, is to be able to let that need be known. And so through that communication, that's a great way to do that.
0: What kinds of comments are you hearing in and out of the group, for that matter, about pandemic-related stress? And you could say this, of course, without violating any confidentiality by which you're bound.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think just a general sense of getting adjusted to the different format of classes. Not everyone uh, learns virtually um, very well. That's not everyone's favorite way to learn. And so I'm hearing a lot of feedback about just the method of the class delivery um, and just the lack of Uh, connection on campus is a little bit different right now with social distancing and um, so you know meeting other people and connecting on campus you know it's having to be relearned in a different way like how do we do that virtually and even class participation and those sorts of things. And then, you know, I think people feel um, it's difficult to be on camera on Zoom all day long and those sorts of things become an issue as well. Um, And that's one thing about this group is I I want students to know and feel secure in coming and that you don't have to turn your camera on if you don't want to, it's not a big deal. Um, If you want to, absolutely that's cool, but um, we want you to be comfortable and, and just feel welcome in coming.
0: We'll take a break right here. We'll return with more in just a moment. This is MTSU on the Record.
2: MTSU's Jewish and Holocaust Studies minor offers undergraduate students a chance to study the culture and religion of the Jewish people and the Holocaust in an interdisciplinary program. Studies include history and culture, theology and philosophy, and the arts and social sciences. Courses tackle vital topics central to local and global awareness, including multiculturalism and the meanings of diversity, religious tolerance, and genocide. For the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com.
0: The MTSU Department of Art has the newest facility for visual arts in the state with approximately 50,000 square feet of space, including high-tech computers and computer-driven equipment for multimedia, graphic design, printmaking, sculpture, painting, and ceramics. We feature a visiting artist lecture program and an exhibition program that exposes students to
1: work by national and international artists. This is Gene Nagy, Department of Art. To find out more, visit mtsunews.com.
0: We're talking with Jessica Gann of MTSU Counseling Services, who uh, holds a pandemic support group from two to three each Wednesday. The first meeting was on October 7th. How did the first meeting go?
2: It went well. Yeah, we talked about, you know, just kind of what are some of the struggles right now that students are going through um, and how how are they overcoming those and what are some coping strategies that they're already using. And so, um, you know, of course, physical activity, you know, looking at your diet, those sorts of things, keeping a routine and structure um, were some of the topics that came up from students. Some
0: people still resent wearing the masks. The few times that I go out into society when I have to shop for things or something, I still see people walking around with no masks on. Does that irk or irritate the students, not so much that they have to wear the mask or they want to protect themselves, but that they see others not wearing the mask and they feel sort of threatened because they're not playing the game according to the rules?
2: You know, I'm not seeing so much of that. I'm seeing a lot of adjustment to the mask wearing. And by all means, I don't talk to every student. So it's, you know, I don't know the main uh, viewpoint from the student body, but that's becoming their normal. They'll even mention, you know, this is just kind of the norm now. Um, And I think initially it was difficult because, you know, just even connecting and not seeing half of someone's face is hard, you know, but it's Mm -hmm. becoming more, they're adapting more to that now.
0: Do they go into the stores and see people not wearing masks and think, oh, my God, why don't they just get with the program and, and do what they need to do?
2: Yeah, I have heard some of that feedback, and I'm sure there are people on both sides of the fence there. But, um, yeah, I think it is a frustration for people when you're complying um, and you see other people not complying. It's difficult.
0: Are mental health professionals such as you totally familiar with with what they're hearing and seeing, or does the pandemic present a sort of a new frontier for societal stress that they've never seen before, since most of us are not old enough to have experienced a
2: worldwide pandemic? Yeah, I definitely think this is new in some ways, definitely. There's a different level of, you know, stress and adaptation that's taking place, Um, that we haven't seen on this scale, this wide of scale before. It's really, you know, I've noticed some people uh, call it a community trauma. Um, It is a difficult thing that's happening. And as we see cases rise and we see deaths rise and that sort of thing is having its impact at this point, I think some of that is just making its way to Tennessee and so affecting our students more.
0: There seem to be uh, two schools of thought about the news One is you have to stay up to date, stay informed, stay aware to protect yourself. And the other is just watching the news so much is stressful. I can't take it. I'm flipping on a movie or whatever. What's your recommendation on that when it comes to uh, that aspect of pandemic stress?
2: Yeah, I think it has to be limited at this point, both social media and the news, because those are both playing a big part in... Um, increasing the stress and anxiety because that's really all you hear about that or the election when you turn on the news. Um, And so that becomes overwhelming just taking in all of that information. So I would definitely limit those things and all of the resources for pandemic support really also kind of back that recommendation.
0: Are the students that you talk to, are they able to get out and exercise anywhere because staying inside and the sheer lack of physical activity can only help to increase the stress.
2: Absolutely, yeah. Students are being very creative in ways to do that and you know, trying to find spots where there is social distancing. And that's the good thing about the outdoors is that is tend, you know tends to be a safer place. And so I am hearing a lot of students you know, taking bike rides or going for hikes or walks. Um, so those things are all encouraged if you can do that safely. We are uh, in anticipation of a late fall
0: and winter full of increasing numbers of cases and increasing numbers of deaths due to the coronavirus. At least those are the projections. What sort of a burden will that put on mental health professionals in general and counseling services in particular?
2: Yeah, I think it's just going to continue to increase the need for services. We've already seen that um, in some, you know, capacity, and I think we'll continue to see that rise as those things happen for sure.
0: What do you think about uh, the MTSU students who are majoring in psychology or perhaps aspire to be mental health clinicians gaining knowledge as a result of
2: this experience that they might not otherwise obtain? Yeah I mean I definitely think it's a unique opportunity to to gain this experience and really um, you know it's kind of trial by fire at this point you know seeing the worst of it I mean I think, well, of course, everything could could definitely be worse, but it's something that's historic, seeing how mental health is is being in a spotlight right now. I think that it's, you know, being encouraged more, and hopefully that's helping, too, with just stigma about mental health, but just knowing that's important, you know, even for frontline workers, for students, for, for everyone right now. Do you think it's an impetus for people to want to go into
0: a helping profession, like counseling?
2: I don't really know if that's going to impact people you know wanting to come into the field or um, I do think that people who go into the field have a, a natural desire to help you know even though it can be stressful and overwhelming it's a prime time to also experience that desire that empathy to help other people and to try to do that to the best of your ability so it could be also you know working to help promote that. It is this experience going to turn us against each other?
0: Are we going to submit to the stress or is it going to make us more compassionate and more willing to reach
2: out to other people? Yeah, I think it'll go both directions, right? So, you know, there will be groups of people um, who do become more empathetic and and from this experience and want to go toward helping others. Um, I think initially when the pandemic happened, we saw a lot of stress and anxiety and that was the reaction we were seeing from people that came out as some of the harsh things that we were seeing, you know, the treatment of of frontline workers and the mask wearing and all of these things, I think those came from um, a place of fear and a place of anxiety. So I think as we've you know gained more knowledge and we keep moving forward in this pandemic that we um, are adapting better and caring for one another better.
0: Some people's way of coping with pandemic stress is to just not take the virus seriously at all and just keep living the way they were living prior to the spread of, of COVID-19. Obviously you don't recommend that as a as a stress reducer.
2: Yeah, but I can see I can see where that's coming from and as from a mental health perspective, that it is easier sometimes for people to feel like, you know, just to go on like normal, like nothing's happening
0: so so would you say they're in a state of
2: denial right i mean i think it could go either way so i think some people are and maybe that that's also maybe from people's belief system Um, so i think there are a lot of factors involved and it's hard to say just one thing would be causing
0: that. We'll take another break right here, and we'll return in just a moment. This is MTSU on the Record.
1: The mission of the June Anderson Center for Women and Nontraditional Students is to provide education, advocacy, direct services, outreach, and programming for the MTSU campus and surrounding community on gender-related issues. The center also assists older students who are trying to balance work, college, and family. It also sponsors a monthly legal clinic, career brown bag series, book club, and a newsletter twice a year. For all of the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com.
2: The Concrete Industry Management Program at MTSU fills the need for trained personnel who know concrete technology and techniques. Our alumni go into the marketplace grounded in basic math and science and able to promote products or services related to the industry. Our participation in the academic common market ensures talented students in other states a chance to enroll on an in-state tuition basis. This is Dr. Heather Brown, director of the program.
1: To find out more information on this or other university programs, visit mtsunews.com.
0: Our guest is Jessica Gann, who is a licensed professional counselor with a mental health counselor designation. She works for MTSU counseling services and has started a pandemic support group for students uh, to take advantage of via video conference. What do you think about the whole concept of, of telemedicine? Is this something that you think will uh, catch on and and be popular uh, even after uh, we, say, find a, a vaccine for COVID-19 and the pandemic abates and we return to something like pre-COVID
2: conditions? Do you think the profession will continue to use this technology? I do. I think there's already been talks of that, um, that this has become a format that is convenient for people and it really you know, to me, what what really happened for me in doing telehealth is noticing we're able to reach more people um, who may not have walked through the doors before, who may just find this as an easier method to get help. And so I do think this, you know, even past NTSU, uh, just looking at other therapists and their profession of private practice are a lot of them have dropped their physical location already and have voiced that they even want to go completely remote. So I do think we'll have a shift of some people that just prefer that as a as a treatment method. If there are people who
0: want to join your support group but they don't want to do it via video, is it okay with you just the same if they keep the audio on and turn the video off?
2: Absolutely, yeah. And they can even use the chat box to to type in. You know, some I know some computers don't even have um, a speaker and things like that. So we really want students to know that. It, we are completely flexible and open to however you want to participate. We'd just love for you to be there. So you can, they can use their real names, they can
0: use a fake name, or they can use a chat box kind of avatar or a username like they would use in a computer situation anyway. So it, it doesn't really matter. We're, you're not all about, all about identifying people and pointing people out. You're, whoever you want to call yourself, that's, that's
2: perfectly okay. Absolutely. And, you know, you have to register. So we, we do get your email and M number to verify you are a student. Um, so absolutely, however they want to present in group as far as if they want to remain anonymous, that's completely fine.
0: In a hypothetical situation, say, God forbid, you, have it, you, you open up the support group one day and everything's going along until a participant says that they have considered thoughts of suicide what is your responsibility in that circumstance?
2: Yeah so we have other counselors who are available for crisis intervention Um, and so even though I don't I don't think we've necessarily talked through that protocol but I think what would happen is that that student would be transferred to that therapist who's on call for crisis um, so that they could be properly assessed. Um, because that's something we take very seriously and want to make sure they're safe and it wouldn't be as appropriate to do that in front of other students. So definitely get them isolated. And I do have a, a, co, um, a co-leader, Virginia Lowry. She's the associate director of MTSU Counseling Services. So one of us could even um, probably assess that client so that, or that student so that they wouldn't have to even be transferred to a whole new person.
0: And so that uh, after that student is uh, assigned the, a new uh, counselor, as it were, then you could continue with the group in uh, you know as as you
2: ordinarily were. Absolutely, yes.
0: There was an article uh, published October the twelfth in the Journal of the American Medical Association. It quotes researchers at. Um, New York University's Grossman School of Medicine is saying that there will be a second wave of mental health crises, including suicides and drug overdoses, with a disproportionate effect on low-income people, older adults, healthcare workers, black and brown families. And they wrote that the central concern is, quote, The transformation of normal grief and distress into prolonged grief and major depressive disorder and symptoms of post traumatic health disorder. Do you think that that's too dire a prediction or do you think that's possible?
2: No, I do think that, you know, that is part of the picture that we'll see moving forward. I do think that, um, you know, there are just so many layers of impact from the situation. So I do see that as a possibility.
0: Is there a possibility that because the pandemic is so widespread and the stress is so widespread that this might actually have a beneficial effect for the mental health profession in releasing the stigma because people will be at their wits end, for lack of a better way of saying it, and will need to reach out and break through whatever hesitations they have in their own mind about being labeled or stereotyped or misjudged? And that uh, you guys in the profession will get the, you know, respect that you deserve without all of the uh, negative way out, quote unquote, snake pit type images.
2: I do think it will, you know, anytime you see a kind of a collective trauma, if you think about like the tornadoes that came through um, Tennessee, I did see I'm um, private practice in addition to what I do at MTSU and I did see an influx of people who wouldn't normally have sought treatment um, come to get treatment from that trauma. And so, um, and I believe their view of treatment now is very positive. So I do think that um, that can help with the stigma for sure. That's not the way we want to erase stigma, but certainly it could help.
0: Are you still seeing clients in person or has the uh, COVID-19 pandemic totally uh, prompted you guys to do everything via video conference?
2: Everything is mainly by telehealth, but we, you know, in crisis situations, if students feel they need to be face-to-face, that can be accommodated. However, you know, both people have to be wearing N95 masks, and that is provided from the counseling center, so, um, but that has happened already. Yes, we, we can do that and accommodate that, but it's, Primarily telehealth.
0: How has uh, the pace of work been? Uh, how has the flow of traffic been? Has your workload increased, decreased? What's it been like?
2: Yeah, I think um, the latest report that I heard was where we're about where we were, you know October of last year. So I think you know we've we've certainly seen periods of spikes, but I think in general, fall semester is a busy semester, and we're seeing you know similar, numbers from what I understand.
0: We, right around spring break, a delayed spring break is when we started going to hybrid situations. And so MTSU has been dealing with these shifting numbers and and shifting policies for a period of months now. Can you think back to the the spring semester and tell us how counseling services and uh, those of you who work there, Just started discussing how are we going to approach this? What are we going to do? What's the best way to help our clients?
2: Yeah, it all kind of came about pretty quickly because, you know, it was it was very unexpected that all of this would occur. But we just wanted to make sure to keep everyone safe, you know, the both the students and the employees. And so, you know, the director, Mary Kate Anderson, she just started coming together, you know, a plan to to do that. And that involved telehealth and how do we do that? securely and HIPAA compliant and all of these things. And so um, she did a great job getting that all together very quickly um, so that we could continue to offer services and never missed a beat in terms of, you know, the counseling center was never closed in terms of not offering services. So we remained open. I think there was a little bit of adjustment period for that. You know, for students, I was a little surprised because, you know, we are so digital uh, and there's FaceTime and all of these things. I think students are used to being on video but what I was noticing initially was a little hesitancy maybe for that but now that has also become more of a normal thing um, that students are getting more used to that and probably with classes being more online that's also helping uh, to make that adjustment.
0: Do you get an advantage of being able to with the students who use video of being able to see their body language? you know, when you're face-to-face with a person you've got the mask on, you can't see how they're reacting with their mouth. You can look into their eyes and maybe tell a certain something, but with Zoom or any kind of video conferencing, you get the whole picture. You can see the body language. Does that help?
2: Yeah, I think so. It helps a lot. I think the most difficult is when students have been masked. That feels weird for therapy because it is hard to see the full facial expression and things like that. Um, So I think video conferencing has really helped us to be able to still see those things.
0: How do people connect with the support group or find out more information?
2: Yeah, so an email went out to all students um, with all the information on how to register if, if they have any specific questions or for some reason didn't get the email, then they can certainly contact me, um, um and I can send them the link or give the answer any questions they might have. Um, but we would love to have anyone who's interested join any way you can. So two o'clock on Wednesdays.
0: Did you also put it out on social media?
2: Yes, Virginia is working on that each Wednesday, just sharing it with all the class pages and social media.
0: Jessica, again, thank you for being our guest today on MTSU on the Record. Thank you. We'll be right back. Expanding Your Horizons is an annual hands-on science and math conference for middle and high school girls. EYH enables girls to investigate careers in science and math and to talk with female leaders in those fields that are so essential to our nation's future. U.I.H. also provides the girls with fun, hands-on activities and allows them to meet girls with similar interests. I'm Dr. Judith Iriarte-Gross, EYH Director.
1: For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. Specialized training in forensic science prepares tomorrow's professionals through the Forensic Institute for Research and Education, or FIRE. The Forensic Anthropology Search and Recovery Team assists law enforcement with skeletal remains at crime scenes. Legendary forensic scientists provide lectures free to the public, and high school students work realistic crime scenes each summer at our CSI MTSU camp. I'm Dr. Hugh Berryman, Director of Fire. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com.
0: Gina Fan has the middle
1: moment. MTSU has been relying on the kindness of the campus community and its neighbors since 2010 to
0: help save lives and help defeat football rival Western Kentucky each fall in our Bleed Blue Beat WKU blood drive for the American Red Cross. This
1: year, in the middle of a pandemic, neighbors stepped up again, this time in a neighboring church's donated gym to give 269 pints of blood and give up to 765 people across Tennessee another chance at life. Ray Wiley, the associate director for MTSU Campus Recreation and one of the Bleed Blue Blood Drive organizers is still thrilled with the community response. With the pandemic,
0: mtsu on the record i'm jenna
1: Logue. thanks for listening mtsu on the record a news and information program about middle tennessee state university is produced by the university's marketing and communications office which is solely responsible for its content read more about mtsu at our website mtsunews.com podcasts of this program are available at mtsunews.com and on itunes